Welcome back to the Variant Cast. I am your Prime Variant, Michael Ford. Flying a little solo this week, uh, but I am here in my own personal void to break down the penultimate episode of the low-key Marvel um, Disney Plus series entitled Journey into Mystery. Like I said, I'm in the void joined by the child version of myself, the older version of myself, the crocodile version of myself, and well, I guess I am the black version of myself, but we nevertheless, I am here warring with myself like our protagonist did in this fifth episode. And, um, you know, we're going to see how it goes as, as I am left alone with my thoughts as the god of outcasts uh, myself. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you my thoughts about the, about the fifth episode, which I'm sure you, you're all dying to hear if you've been tuning in from week to week. As always, this is a spoiler episode. So if you have not seen the episode, you need to pause that shit and watch it. Come on back. And then uh, you can pretend to be talking to me while I talk into the void. So speaking of the void, let's talk about what happened at the end of the last episode where uh, we had our Loki get pruned and come to find out pruning does not mean getting murdered or eradicated or or at least not directly so. Uh, you know, Loki, our, our main character Loki wakes up only to be surrounded by uh, we what they've been calling classic Loki, wearing the old green and yellow um, Marvel 616 style uniform played by Richard E. Grant. There's a uh, Bloki, or as they refer to, uh, boastful Loki. Uh, I understand why they called him boastful Loki and not black Loki, uh, played by Dioba, uh, Diobia Apare. And then there's a key, kid Loki played by Jack Veal. And not to be forgotten is a alligator Loki or crocodile Loki, depending on, on uh, whether that's a knife or this is a knife. Um, and he tried to steal the show this week, but you know, there were so many other Lokis. We were also joined by President Loki. And, um, you know, we got a little Loki on Loki, well, not that kind of Loki on Loki action, Loki on Loki fight action as a brawl bro broke out uh, between the Lokis as predicted by yours truly. Lokis, generally speaking, would stab each, other's in, each other in the back and uh, can never get right for that reason. Um, you know, they don't trust one another, they're not trustworthy people and they have all the self-loathing to go along with their narcissism. And, you know, our Loki, the protagonist Loki, broke that pattern, broke that trend. And you could see the visible disgust on his face as he both um, saw a little bit of himself in all these characters, but then saw why he himself couldn't get right and was almost destined for failure. Um, you know, he's also somewhat pining for his, for his well, you know, I'll say love, but maybe not exactly, uh, Sylvie, um, who, as we jump um, from scene to scene, Sylvie is still in the TVA trying to get answers from Judge Renslayer. Um, you know, 
it, as interrogations go, it's not the it's not the best interrogation because Renslayer is clearly running game on her. Obviously, she knows a little bit more than she's letting on, but a little bit less than we expected. I think I I was one of the people who assumed that um, Renslayer was in on the gag, in on the betrayal. Um, that was the fact that the timekeepers were not real and were just uh, Memorex, so to speak. Um, you know, but in this episode, she definitely played it as the wool was pulled over her eyes as well. And I, I gotta say, I don't know. She seemed like smarter, smarter character than that, than to be fooled by a little bit of animatronics. Um, but nevertheless, that was her story, and she stuck to it. That she too wants to get to the bottom of what the mystery is. And for a second there, you know, may have had us fooled as to whether she was going to form an alliance with Sylvie. But as, as is her way, uh, duplicity uh, played out and uh, she was able to get the upper hand on Sylvie, causing Sylvie to, I'm not really sure about the mecha me mechanics of this. She self pruned, but she was still able to take the template temp pad with her as she self pruned. I'm not really sure that they ever established that that was possible, but you know, we rolled with it. Um, so Sylvie goes into, uh, she learned from Renslayer that this void is a place that is near the end of time, but not quite at the end of time. And it's a place that essentially all the errant matter, the things that they can't fully eradicate, they go to be consumed by a being that we learn is called, I want to say, Goliath. Yes, it's almost like Goliath, but with an A, um, who looks conveniently like the smoke monster from Lost if he leveled up quite a few times. And um, there we, and so in this place, Goliath uh, basically eats you, eats your reality. I guess they needed to send send uh, all the the beings and all of the leftovers from the the pairings into this this place this void, and let Elias do it do its thing. But as it does its thing, it doesn't completely leave um, leave any leave everything uh, scathed as it were, because we have our surviving Lokis and they have a little uh, home base. And you know, there they tell their stories. There, our prime Loki, uh, you know, finds out about uh, what what made, well, what made a couple of them become variants. Uh, they never found out why uh, Black Loki became the variant. Um, however, he would have us believe that he defeated all the Avengers and also stole the Infinity Infinity Gauntlet, and that's a likely story, as far as I'm concerned. But at the end. We, we learn about uh, Elder Loki, classic Loki, and the fact that he lived beyond his destiny. Um, he used his considerably leveled up um, ca spell casting um, ability to uh, cast uh, illusions to fool Thanos into believing that he had killed him so that he could escape. And he goes to live out his days in solitude and that basically keeps him out of the ire of the TVA because he has he didn't really step out of his his uh predetermined loop too much not enough to cause enough enough ripple in the timeline but the minute that he decides that he's tired of being alone believe me I can relate uh he steps out of line the TVA 
brings him in, they prune him, and he is uh, considerably embittered um, as he's stuck. Um, we're not really sure whether he's one of the first Loki's in this league of Loki's, as I termed it, but we do know that he's definitely the most grizzled and definitely the most seasoned. We learn that Kid Loki, his uh, step out into variant verse, came from killing Thor. So, I mean, there you have it. I mean, he's, he established his badassery. He also established his uh, ability to conjure a sword. And um, later in the episode, he gifts that sword to Loki. Now, we don't know how enchanted the sword is, but we may find out. And then Crocodile Loki ate a cat. And, you know, we don't know which cat it was. We don't know if it was, if it was Chewy. Um, I'm sorry, not Chewy. Um, if it was Goose, as it were. But uh, maybe we can find out. Maybe it was the cat from the TVA. Hey, you know, callback. But uh, Crocodile Loki uh, gets gets a little bit of gets his comments and doesn't get subtitled. You know, I feel like it would have been better. It would have been more fun if, if Crocodile Loki got got some subtitles in there. Um, but ultimately, uh, boastful Loki, Black Loki, kind of uh, you know screws them, which is very disappointed from. Uh, from the black person's perspective, to have the untrust, the most untrustworthy of the untrustworthy Lokis be the black one who sells them out in exchange for, I mean, you gotta, you gotta drive a hard, harder bargain than that. You can't, you can't trust that uh, the president Loki is gonna is gonna put you in charge. So I mean, it didn't really happen. So it, again, it turned into a Loki all-out brawl, in which. Uh, classic Loki used his powers, his his uh, conjuring, uh, his illusion powers to engineer an escape for protagonist Loki, Kid Loki, and Krakow Loki, and they go back out into the void, where Loki hatches, I gotta say, a pretty half-baked plan to try to kill uh, Elioth. However, our friend Sylvie wakes up in the void let's hear it for the void and um she is joined by mobius still alive and uh they joined forces which is kind of cool um not on a jet ski you know it would have been nice if he ended up on the jet ski maybe we're saving that for episode six but uh, he's he's driving around in an old clunker and small world as it were a few minutes later uh they, they link up with our Loki, our team of Lokis, and they decide Sylvie's plan because she happened to have a very limited interaction with uh, Elioth. She believes that she can enchant Loki. I mean, sorry, enchant Elioth. So she, of course, after a little bit of ribbing towards our Loki, explains that her plan is superior to his plan, and he ultimately goes along with it. But not before uh and another an additional plan is hatched whereby mobius decides that he's going to go back he's got he's got the tempad from sylvie and he's going to go back to the tva and burn it down in a great callback to the first episode um and you know they have a nice little bro hug our low key 
and Mobius, they may never see each other again. I mean, they probably will, but they may never see each other again in their minds. So they give each other a hug. They call each other friends and Mobius is off to potentially close this TVA loop. Meanwhile, um, Mobius had given the other Lokis the opportunity to escape to the TVA, but surprisingly, both Kid Loki and Classic Loki decide, no, no, they're gonna fight for, gonna fight for the little bit of land that they have, little home that they have in the in the in the void, which is you know questionable, questionable, but what the, what that ultimately leads to is classic Loki, perhaps inspired by the friendship, uh, kinship, love, whatever you want to call it, between Loki and Sylvie, he decides to make the noble sacrifice as he creates the diversion that is necessary to allow both Lokis at this time to use their enchanting ability to sync up with Eliath, the smoke monster, as it were, and they find that there's a castle behind a uh, man in the time castle, potentially, in this next episode. And uh, yeah, so that was basically the freeform recap of what happened in the episode. I mean, I've, I think it's good enough to potentially talk about some of the themes of this episode. You know, some people had thought that not a lot happened. Um, in terms of plot, but I, I I disagree. I think that we we had a lot of things get debunked. We, like I said before, we know now that Renslayer has her own agenda. She also uh, met up with uh, Hunter B twenty, who, um, you know, switched sides so to speak, and uh, Hunter B twenty wants to tell the whole TVA about the the fraud that is the timekeepers, but Renslayer um, committed, committed still to the cause, wants to A, uh, maintain the illusion, maintain the lie, die on the lie, as they say, um, those of you who are Wire fans, but she also wants to get to the bottom of the mystery of the timekeepers. Um, obvious, probably not to slay the time, uh, whoever is behind the timekeeper fraud, but just to get a get an insight into to what the thought process is. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with uh, B20, Hunter uh, B20, as she um, will probably link up with Mobius when Mobius uh, comes back in, and maybe she'll make a stronger fight showing than uh, in that in that scene from the last episode where she kind of got she got jobbed out a little bit, just a little bit. Um, Additionally, we, we go back to the low-key Sylvie ship that I've been, you know, I've been captaining the ship for a little while. And, you know, we got, we got some, some decent chemistry. We got some, some awkward moments of where they both acknowledge that there was a little bit of a spark there. Uh, they both acknowledge that they, neither one is used to uh, having someone else. And, um, you know, you get that moment where, where they say, who knows what, what the future may bring, but they will decide it together. Um, my spidey sense says that when typically two characters profess that they're going to, you know, face the future boldly together, it's probably a good chance that one of them is going to bite it. That is my prediction for next week. I don't want to see that. I would love to see them, um, you know, 
go off into the sunset together, holding hands and, uh, you know, living out, living out their, their life, whether it's in the uh, prune universe or whether they're, you know, in, in a new universe. But um, I would love for there to be true love among Lokis, Loki love, but hmm, something tells me one of them probably, well, you know what, I'm going to, I'll leave it to the listener to decide which one. Uh, maybe I'll make a poll. Uh, who who lives and who dies between uh, Prime Loki and Sylvie because they're probably not going to both make it out. But we still had our tender moment. We had Loki conjuring, uh, first conjuring a, a blanket for himself and offering to conjure one for Sylvie and then realizing, as, as any gentleman would, that you should know, you should always conjure the blanket for the both of them. But in Sylvie fashion, she did complain about the blanket not being snuggly enough. And I gotta admit, it didn't look very snuggly. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, the chemistry continues to ripple or continues to crackle for them. Uh, we haven't yet gotten our kiss. Will we get a kiss? I'll also, uh, maybe, maybe I'll leave that for the reader as well, for the listeners as well. Um, Crocodile Loki is still out there somewhere. Maybe he'll show up in a post-credit scene. Um, but let's talk about let's talk a little bit more about the arc. You know, obviously we met Richard E. Grant's classic Loki at the in the post-credit stinger of the last episode, but we didn't really get his story until this episode. Um, there's something to the idea of an older man um, who has lived a life and looks back kind of regretfully at the choices that he made and, um, you know, having the sense that, that he was never destined for anything better than what, what he became, only to find within himself that glorious purpose that it, it eluded him for his entire life. You know, I, I thought it was fairly triumphant of him that he was able to conjure uh, his homeland, conjure Asgard um, for one final for one final push um, in helping his other Lokis uh, succeed in their plan. Uh, like he, I think his last words were in fact glorious purpose as he uh, gyrated uh, <laughs> at the camera. But, um, you know, if you're gonna go out, you know, go out like a hero, I say. Now, we don't find out what happened to Kid Loki. Maybe he, maybe he'll find a way into the main universe. Maybe uh, he'll find a way to get some mischief going. Um, we don't really know if he regrets killing Thor. I'd like to believe that he does, but you know, will his story is still to be told? Perhaps in a Young Avengers show. Hmm? Uh, what else? More Miss Minutes. We got, a, we got a lot of Miss Minutes this episode. Probably the most Miss Minutes that we've gotten. Uh, I don't know what that means. Does Miss Minutes have a nefarious agenda? Is she going to, is, is, is she the, the face behind the, the, sh the shadiness of the TVA? Some, some had speculated that it was her. Um, she seemed a lot more like an operating system, a lot more like Clippy this episode. But, you know, she occasionally chimed in with her with her southern sensibilities so it still remains to be seen whether miss minutes has her own dark twisted agenda or whether she's just kind of playing along as part of the the cast of characters mm -hmm. i think it would be kind of fun if miss minutes uh, emerged as uh, 
some kind of nefarious force. Hmm. But we did have a lot of things uh, come into shape in terms of some of our theories. Still no Kang. Um, there, you know, there were definitely people who were saying that it would be interesting if if there was a Loki behind it all. And I'm I'm of divided minds there because I think that I think that Loki has been um, has proven himself to be quite the foil. Um, both in the sense of how Loki, our, our, how our Loki sees himself and how, uh, you know, he sees these sort of twisted mirrors of himself, both as who the villain that he thought Sylvie was and, you know, the, just the incompetence that came from the leagues of Loki. Can we, can we sustain another Loki, maybe a superior Loki that's uh, behind, behind it all? Perhaps it depends on how uh, the actor plays it, which the actor probably being Tom Hiddleston. Um, but a lot of people put their money behind Kang. A lot of people want to see Kang. Um, I'm I'm in the Kang would be nice camp. Kang is not necess not necessary, but Kang would be nice. Um, but there's but I'm I'm stealing myself against the possibility that we will not get Kang in the uh, final episode. But I still want to know a little bit more about, about the mechanics of the TVA. I mean, they set up, they set up this multiversal war. And I'd like to believe that this multiversal war is inevitable. If we're looking towards this next big saga that will happen after uh, the Infinity Saga, what better saga than uh, this multiverse saga or the secret war um, offshoot? Obviously, I doubt it's going to encompass all of the elements of the Secret War story um, that that you that we got in the comics from from uh, Hickman. You know, there were so many moving parts there, but I, I could still imagine there being a, a multiversal, uh, multi timeline war that spins out of this, even if it doesn't, even if it's not directly referenced in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. We'll know. We'll know that these are somehow related i mean that's that's personally what i'd like to see i'd like to see the tva you know do a little bit more talking about its origins um particularly when they reveal the man behind the curtain uh if it's even a man what else that may be Maybe all I have for you guys. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna see if we if we got a little feedback from uh, from our listeners and from our from our various low key chats and see if there are any talking points worth worth discussing before we we shut it down. There were a lot of Easter eggs in this episode, apparently the old uh, Thanos helicopter that you might have remembered from the comics. He uh, was, was one of the things littered in, in the void. There was also a uh, frog in a jar marked T-365, which is uh, was Thor. 365 was a frog Thor story. What else? 
Looks like there was Kang Tower, spelled with a Q, um, which is often associated with Kang. That's another Kang Easter egg. Once again, the smoke monster, <laughs> as I will probably title this episode, Low Key and Sylvie definitely wanted the smoke this week. Additionally, I teased for some of the listeners, some of the people who follow on social media that I was going to drop my worst pun of all time. So I may as well uh, get that off right now in that the two of them were in the prune universe, uh, Loki and Sylvie. Was there a possibility from Loki to get some prunani? <laughs> yeah, I know it's awful. Um, cancel me now. But we, we can do better. We can do better in the future. We can do better with better puns. Let's see. President Loki lost in lost in hand, which uh, you know that's a common common running theme in MCU thing uh, MCU shows when they do or movies and shows where they do an homage to Empire Strikes Back. Um, nice of them to to slide that in there real quick. Um, lost a hand via Crocodile Loki. There was a question that went around from Marvel Unlimited. Is a group of Lokis called a mischief? I don't know. Mischief of Lokis. Hmm. Feel like we can do better. Feel like we can do better. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of emotional growth from, from our Loki. Um, you know, he finally kind of realizes that. Um, you know, it's the love. It's the love that he had and the fact that he, you know, constantly betrayed everyone that he loved. And uh, he, he wants to do better. He wants to, he, he knew that he had done wrong and he's, you know, trying to take that first step. I thought it was interesting that he mentioned, that he mentioned his brother and he mentioned his father, but he didn't mention his mother. Maybe it was because it was too painful to acknowledge um, that betraying his mother, you know, kind of hurt most of all. But, you know, he also said he betrayed Asgard, which in a way he did, um, particularly because it led to Thanos getting the Tesseract and uh, wiping out half the universe, although, although Loki doesn't know that because he died, he did. I still think that there was maybe not enough time to really get into the nuances of, of Sylvie uh, seeing bits of herself in these other Lokis. Um, you know, I guess it's, it's important because we have our prime Loki as our protagonist. It's important that he experiences growth and then um, channel that growth towards Sylvie to make her more amenable to just letting 
letting the love happen, so to speak, letting, letting the bond between the two uh, come to pass, as it were. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I guess we hit all of the main points. Um, you know, next week, I'll make sure to solicit um, more observations from the listeners and from the, the various people that we follow, um, you know, that follow us rather on social media, you know, we'll, we'll get a more robust discussion. I'm sure people will join us next week. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot to discuss because it will be the finale, um, not the series finale, because uh, there's, it's been confirmed that there will be a season two. Um, I don't know what that means for, um, for resolution, whether we'll get an one arc of resolution or whether we'll get a full on, full on resolution and then maybe a restart of a new arc. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you think um, will represent a satisfying uh, resolution for the season of Loki and what, you know, I'll ask for it ahead of time so that whoever gets closest to it will get something akin to a no prize. Um, I am here, um, you know, every, every week. Well, not every week because the show's about to end, but you know, you can expect more from the racial draft podcast network. You, we will definitely be doing a black widow spoiler review in the next couple, couple days. So go ahead and watch that movie, whether it's in the theaters or on Disney plus um, you can always show up. You can always uh, support us on our mothership, the racial draft podcast, where we do the racial drafting. That's kind of how we got our name. Um, we, as they say, change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time. And, um, you know, we're in the throes of our third season as uh, this is our first ever uh, bidding war season. Characters are being bid for. Go ahead and follow us at Racial Draft Pod on Twitter, racial.draft on Instagram, Racial Draft on Facebook. And you can always follow me at MTF. I, 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 where I am eclectic. So I am very eclectic, but I try to keep you abreast on what's happening in all the various uh, nerd news and, um, you know, other things that tickle my fancy. And you can always hit me up if you have racial draft business that you'd like to discuss, or if you have variant cast business that you'd like to discuss. You can also check me out on uh, Pop Break TVs. Goodbye to all that where I'm sure in the coming weeks, we will also discuss Loki, but you know, in a more, um, uh, let's say, let's say global way, a uh, holistic, as it were, we will discuss the entirety of the season. For those of you who don't wanna do the week to week bit, check us out there. And um, yeah, I guess that's where we'll leave it guys. Until next week, varying away. <laughs>